Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tuso. And I'm Ann Friedman. On this week's agenda, Beyonce is pregnant. In way worse news, Cheeto Watch continues with the Muslim ban, his awful nominations, and general chaos. A hero lady spy who infiltrated a private GOP meeting. Plus, we're back to this week in menstruation with some news out of Zambia. A callback. Hey, happy Black History Month. Uh, Such a good month. Such a shame. It's the shortest. How are you feeling? Well, you know why it's the shortest, right? I mean, white supremacy. Exactly. Hello. (laughs) Um, That's the answer to a lot of like, you know why this thing is unjust right now (laughs) questions. It's no accident, but it's also the best month of the year. I did my yearly tradition which is tweeting my favorite clip from uh, Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown when like some British journalists asked them about Black History Month and they just like wild out. It's my favorite thing in the world. Maybe Gina can play it right here. We need a longer month. Black History Month, we, we need like the whole be, year. We, we need a, a Black History month. Year. How about Black History Year yeah. for one year? Yeah. Out of every two years. One year, Black History Year. All right, all right, all right. And it's like off to great start. Every year I'm like, can this year get any blacker? And I don't know. It's off to like a great start today. Um, What what happened today? <laughs> I'm going to well, ask like I don't know. <laughs> many things happened. First of all, our president, Ivanka's dad, thinks that Frederick Douglass is still alive. And, like, doesn't know who Frederick Douglass is. (laughs) Which a lot of people also laughed and made jokes. And I was like, but do you know who Frederick Douglass is for real? The most photographed man of his century. But, like, that legit made me lull. Because if you listen to the press conference, he just says nonsense about it. And then the press secretary, who's a complete buffoon, also, like, doesn't know what's going on. So at least, like, something has made me laugh today. And then... Blessed of all blessed women, Beyonce announced that she's with twins. Oh my God. It's incredible. The Instagram photo is incredible. It's like a Beyonce as sort of a, like in, I would say sort of a referential to a Virgin Mary type pose with like a veil and like these very like composed floral arrangements behind her. But it's incredible, and I hope all the Beyonce pregnancy truthers from last time around take a good hard look at this photo and appreciate it. I mean, that's basically what she's saying. She's like, y'all said I couldn't carry one, now I'm going to carry two. Also, I just want to note that friend of the podcast, Dodi, sent me the best text message about this. Donald Trump is a Gemini, so he can only be defeated by twins. (laughs) 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 And I was like, anybody who makes horoscope references to me will forever have my heart. So I'm just, that's been like the top of the day so far. I legitimately, when I saw the news, was like, wow, if Beyonce feels comfortable bringing two children into the world as it is right now, maybe it's not as hopeless as I feel it is. Like, it was like, I know. You know, and like, while I really want to celebrate this news, I really wish that like somebody would tell me clarity what this means for my Coachella tickets kind of like what it means for the Grammys and other things. You know, I love a working mom and like 
pregnant ladies, but also I'm like, what does this mean for me? So clarity is much appreciated soon. Let's enjoy the period of just like having a glimmer of renewed hope in the future of America and work out the details about how we get access to Beyonce's genius later. True. The AP sent out a breaking news alert. This is how you know that you're a real them and that you've arrived is when (laughs) there is a breaking news alert for your pregnancy. But can Uh, we talk about the photo for two minutes, though? And it is pretty lowly. Oh, my God. It's it's like I said, it's like a Virgin Mary referential. Like, I don't know. It's so it's so over the top. It's pretty over the top. Somebody made a side by side of like Beyonce and her veil in her picture, and then George Bush at inauguration fighting his poncho. <laughs> it's like <laughs> tre- Trend Watch 2017. <laughs> it was like the internet is undefeated. Thank you. It's true. It's a strong look. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so happy for Blue Ivy. Okay, that's good news. Black History Month. Good news. Okay, but I want to go back to sort of like just briefly to like Trump's obvious lack of knowledge about black history. <laughs> I, actually, I, I think that this is in, in, a, in a way this is a public service because while he is way worse than many Americans on a lot of issues regarding race, this is one of those where I'm like, you know, I hope we can all sit back and recognize like how little most students in America learn about black history. His awkward implication that Frederick Douglass is still alive is the strongest case for black history month that I have ever heard. No, you it's know? true. It's true. It's like, you know, they, they, they don't teach black history. They don't tell y'all in y'all schools <laughs> what's going on. Oh my God. Are you kidding? I'm still learning. I went to like all white school in Iowa. I am still learning things beyond George Washington Carver that are like blowing my mind. <laughs> I swear, George Washington Carver was like the centerpiece of Iowa Black history because he went to the, to Iowa State, which is like uh, in in like the pantheon of um, people historically considered as like Black history icons by really traditional textbooks. Is like the only one with a tie to Iowa. So Shout that's out. all I got for you. Shout out! Oh my god, I know. But you know, but at the same time, I'm just like you're the president. People give you briefing books. Like you can't look ignorant when you're reading from a piece of paper. You know but this goes hand in hand with my other conspiracy theory that he can't read so you know (laughs) i don't know i'm just like like which is it does he not know about frederick Douglass, or can he read oh my god my favorite episode of my so-called life (laughs) why (laughs) why why donnie trump can't read (laughs) oh my god the jordan catalano of presidents (laughs) (laughs) oh please don't give him that distinction it's true though listen Either he can't read, which is like the strong case, or he's like some sort of blind. Because did you see the thing yesterday? Also, we have to start timestamping these podcasts because so much happens. Today is Wednesday, February 1. Right. Two lifetimes are going to happen before this episode's dropped on Friday. But when he was like trying to introduce his new chief of cybersecurity, Rudy Giuliani, (laughs) 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 which is the funniest thing I've ever heard. But they're like sitting around at pretty small conference table and he keeps going rudy where's rudy rudy is right in front of his face (laughs) (laughs) maybe some of the hair dye dripped down into his eyes and has caused some visual impairment or something something's going on something's going on because it's that and then you know how he held teresa's may's hands 
because <laughs> he like was so scared. Teresa May, my favorite like frightful bitch in the, in the like Western world. But he's like holding her hand, which is weird. And then her people leaked to the press that he specifically wanted to hold her hand because he was afraid of stairs. And now, Anne, if you do a Twitter search for his feed plus the word stairs, the best tweets come up. He's obsessed with staircases. I can't. I can't even. I mean. I'm just uh, turning into like Alex Jones now. I'm just like a conspiracy theorist like out the wazoo. I'm like, this is this is what you get. It's true. I have to say that one thing that has become a sign for me that I've spent too much time reading the news or scrolling through Twitter is that when I find myself on a left-wing, vaguely conspiracy-minded post on Medium, (laughs) um, they're always organized by bullet point. And it's like, they always have some grand explanation for what the Cheeto is up to and who's really controlling him. And like, and they always conclude with like just how bad it's going to get. And it's those moments. I mean, obviously I feel despair when I read the New York times and the guardian and you know, all of the press, but it's when like some Silicon Valley engineer connects the dots for you. (laughs) Yeah. And that's when I realize it's time to close browser when I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm starting, I'm breaking out in a cold sweat because like some random dude has aggregated a bunch of news in a way that supports his left wing conspiracy. Yeah. Which, could it could end up being true but like i don't need to hear it no the medium posts are all bananas they're always like this is the sounding bell for a coup and i'm like why coup when you're already president (laughs) like this is not how coups work people and so but it is bringing out like the worst instincts out of everyone like today there was like this two hours in the president's schedule where it was like he just got on a helicopter and we don't know where he's going and everybody's like dun dun illuminati what's going on this is not normal blah 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 and then turns out he went to the funeral of like a service member and you know and it's like that's actually like a very honorable thing to do right that's his job technically yeah right it's like it's his job but we're all like conspiracy minded people. It's like, oh my God, two hour lull. This is where he gets the new blood in and they take the old blood out. Like what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are difficult times we're living in. Because it's so easy to just descend into this whole like, oh my God, he's afraid of stairs, can't read. Now he's disappearing for hours on end. And it's like, actually, I don't need to make up stuff because the stuff that's happening is also like frightening. And like, I have evidence for that. Yeah, this is, this is what I mean. It's like, I do feel despair when I read actual sources of reported news, but it's, it's not the same type of rising panic in my throat that I feel when I read the kind of like aggregated medium post and trying to find the difference between I am informed by real sources and like, holy shit, this is really happening versus like a total unproven speculative flight of fancy is the line that I'm trying to find. I mean, it's not that hard. Don't read posts by engineers on me. But it happens so quickly. You click a link and then all of a sudden you're there and you're like, oh, can't look away. I mean, I don't know. I find I find I don't go like Googling like medium post by conspiracy theorists, left wing engineer. <laughs> I don't believe um, it. Show me, show me the browser history. <laughs> yeah, but you know um, the thing that's crazy is that like my dad and like other people who send me forwards now, all of the stuff is bleeding into each other. I, I'm joking about the medium post specifically. 
because I have like real adults in my life who are sending me the medium posts. I'm like, you guys totally. need to calm down and read nytimes.com. Like we need to everybody focus. Right. Calm down, read nytimes.com and then get totally incensed and scared based on that fact. <laughs> Those facts oh rather God. than. God, it's just um, uh, this. It's going to be a long four years. Can you believe it's only been like what? Like 10 days? What is it? Two weeks? Okay. Cheeto watch week two. <laughs> yeah, Cheeto watch 10 days in. Like, the presidency is supposed to age him. It's not supposed to age me. <laughs> I, it's just, I feel so tired. I know. Listen, I had a moment on Sunday when I was headed to the airport, which was the last place that I wanted to go. Like, the airport. I mean, I was shout out to, to the, the protest. airport protesters. It's true. But, you know, I, I started feeling on a gut level the kind of feeling I have felt in, in several workplaces in my life or in some relationships, that feeling of just like a man is taking up so much of my time. You know what I mean? Like, like Trump is taking up. Right. I could be at Sephora right now. Totally. And like, you know, obviously I'm going to show up to protest like a wide ranging and illegal ban against Muslims. Like, obviously I'm going to show up and do that. I'm not complaining about my obligation to democracy, but I'm just like, man, like this dude is taking up so much space in my life. I'm resentful. I am really (sighs) resentful. The other thing I'm really resentful about is just the level of incompetence of everything that's happening. Right. Because they're incompetent, they scare people on a mass level and then it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle if you want to do a muslim ban and not call it a muslim ban and be like cheeky about it there are actually ways that you could do this and implement it like fairly like well and not have everybody like freak the fuck out because we don't know what's going on right so it's like they make all of these decisions in secret incompetent people do them and then everybody freaks out and then they can't walk it back Well, you also can't walk it back when the people who are actual professionals, i.e. people who know the law or like know the way way immigrations and customs work or people who, um, you know, I don't know, are are career civil servants at the State Department. When those people are like, hmm, um, red flag, this seems pretty chaotic and um, poorly designed and maybe we should reconsider it slash not do it at all. You fire them all like that's that is like that is a way to instill total panic. Great job. It really is, right? And it's the kind of thing where, you know, it's like if you think about the this ban on a small scale, it should have been something that was not as disruptive, right? So we're talking about the, the new directives, the, the executive order, basically, that bans people from seven countries coming in, but also completely pauses the refugee program, which I think a lot of people, like, don't realize. It's like all refugees from everywhere. Mm-hmm. So for 120 days, it's like there is a way to do that in a way that doesn't like send the global economy like tanking and people mid flight not knowing what they're supposed to do. It's like be precise, say what you mean, mean what you say, execute it well, tell the people who need to know. And so they run these like gulag type operations and all of the press for them is bad. We're just temporarily destroying some lives. It's We're just, just temporary. temporarily destroying people's real lives. Like, sure. We can't go like this for four years. This is too much. Because, you know, because it's like, imagine when they actually start fucking up shit that, like, affects more Americans. You know, like, the next natural disaster that we have, they're definitely going to fuck that shit up. Mm-hmm. The, like, terrorist attack, my God, they're going to fuck that up. Everything. 
Right. The point of government is to not notice the government, right? Like the point, the point of government is like stuff happens, your roads are fixed, like there's a process for you to go in and out of the country or get, get health insurance or all these other things. Like, you know, like government is supposed to do that in a way that takes up less of your time and is less intrusive. And like that doesn't mean government doesn't exist. I think that this is sort of a like... It's supposed to be low touch. Exactly. <laughs> need- low touch government. <laughs> That's right. It's like this pothole is here. Like somebody fixes it the next day. TSA, like chill out. But instead, all you're getting is like huge government encroachment into your life, which is so ironically weird coming from the small government people. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing I was I was listening to the See Something, Say Something podcast um, so- episodes like directly in the wake of this Muslim ban and they had a few advocates on who made the really well taken point that like if you are from any of these countries or if you're Muslim or have a Muslim sounding name or meet any of the criteria that this ban is sort of designed to target it has always been the case that when you are coming or going from America you are questioned more intensely you are held like for longer you are you are subject to um you know dare i say extreme vetting right the vetting is already extreme (laughs) right exactly it's like what's the step that you're adding because it's bananas well and this is so the the advocates were basically saying it's the same song but the volume has been turned way up in as much as before if you know, you kind of had bad luck with a security agent or with a particular airport where they really cared. You could get stopped for a long time. It was never a given. And now it's like all the basically making explicit and enabling anyone who would have already had the tendency to just, you know, pull someone with a a Muslim sounding name out of line and detain them just being like, cool, go ahead and do it. And, and, you know, and to me, it just, that is exactly a microcosm of what this administration is all about, basically. Like, this stuff is not brand new in America, never has been. But it's like, cool, go for it. (laughs) That's like, that's what this administration is saying. And it's also just like very explicitly breaking the promise of legal immigration, right? In the sense where the people who are here, it's like for people who like, if you think that you're woke and you're liberal and you're progressive and you don't know how immigration works, I would really challenge you to find out like what your friends like me who are immigrants here like what we have to go through to actually be in the country because the steps are really hard but like a very common refrain that we hear from people like especially people on on the right is that if you like wait your turn and you get in line and you do all the things that you're supposed to do like america's generous and would love to have you blah 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 lies the thing that we saw this weekend is that that's not true All of the people who did wait in line, did wait their turn, are legal permanent residents, are protected under the Constitution, that their rights were taken away from them in the blink of an eye. It's not not nothing to like leave where you're from and come live somewhere and you pay taxes here and you like follow the rules or whatever. It's like immigration is like a thing that people take really seriously. It's like people don't just come here because like the food is better or some shit. People have the right to move around borders. I believe the United Nations has the entire charter about this, but what do I know? (laughs) People forget that in the shuffle of all of this, right? Is that they think it's like they think that like a refugee has a certain profile, which 
It's like people are vetted to the extreme maximum they can. It takes years to come into this country. And you come here and you're humiliated for having a different name or a different religion or being from somewhere else. It's like religious tests are bad for for many, many, many reasons. But like today it's Muslims. Tomorrow it's going to be you, you know, like whatever your religion is. So ugh, I'm just ranting now, but I'm so upset. No, and your your point is well taken. The kind of general cluelessness about how this process works, even if you are in favor of a more open immigration system, is real. And after after I listened to these advocates, and obviously, like if you asked me, like check yes or no, do your friends with Muslim sounding names have a harder time like coming into the country? I know which box I'm checking. Like that that would would have been the case a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. But was I at the airport holding a sign about it? Like, no. And so weirdly, I'm like, I am not in any way grateful for or happy about the ban. But on some level, I am happy about the forced conversation of what are our values here? Who deserves to be put through this even after they followed the steps? Like, and, you know, in some way, I'm like, it's, it's hard to imagine a big presence without a galvanizing event. It's hard to figure out how to respond to a sustained slow drip of injustice. And sometimes like a moment like this to be like, okay, this is no longer a slow, subtle thing. This is a huge, explicit, in-your-face action that we have to stand up against. You know, in a way, I'm, I'm happy that it's at least a prompt to have the conversation, if there's any sort of tiny, teeny silver lining. I know, it's going to be a long, it's really going to be a long four years. I remember being at JFK this weekend and just so galvanized that like the rest of my like f- crew was there and all of this stuff happening but really thinking like can we really do this every weekend <laughs> because this is this is honestly where we're heading towards it's like my protest sign that i'm making for next time just says uh i can do this every saturday because i really <laughs> i really just want to remind myself too that you know it's it's going to be a long hard road I know. I am so tired of calling Congress. I am exhausted. Uh, I know. know, But just like keep doing it and keep doing it because obviously it, you know, like it is getting their attention. Right. I definitely made a multi-use protest sign that just says this is not okay on one side. And then the other (laughs) side, I taped on my no ban, no wall so I can swap on various other messages as I need them to protest, but leave the this is not okay side. This is like modular protest sign is one way I'm committing to the every Saturday model. (laughs) I know. If some capitalist entrepreneurial lady out there wants to really facilitate this for us, please talk to me. I have a lot of money to give you. Oh my God. Yeah. I was actually thinking as I was writing out some postcards earlier this week that I bought ones that are blank on the front side and blank on the back side. And I was like, you know, I really just like, I need to print some that say, don't do it on the, on the, on the image (laughs) side or thanks for standing up to the GOP or something like that. You know what I mean? Like a few standard things where you're like, I know I'm going to use this all the time. I mean, I, I ended up just writing vote no in giant letters and like sending one for each of the different cabinet nominees. But I'm like, you know, there is a sense of like, how do we get into a mindset of like, no, no, you're going to be needing the sign and these postcards and all of this stuff as an integrated part of your life for the right it's like anytime i read like that there is like a new draft of an executive order circulating i'm like ordering more sharpies on amazon (laughs) just like i'm like send more i need more poster board these people are ruining my life 
Yeah, I'm going to put in an executive reorder for my blank postcards and Sharpies. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, is protest material tax deductible? Because <laughs> That's true. That's a good question. I'm saving all these receipts. <laughs> it used to be we, we went to brunch. Now the question is like, which protest are you going to today? Are we going to protest in front of Chuck Schumer's house? Are we going to this thing? Are we going to the airport? I'm tired. I don't even know what to say to that. It's like, yes, that is the new reality. The short answer is yes. I know. Can I tell you my one rant, though? Like, how frustrated I am by, like, Democrats in Congress. Oh, my God. I was just... Yes. I am so incensed. And, like, in a sense, I'm more angry at them than I'm angry at, like, Republicans. Because I cannot believe that they're seeing all of their constituents. Like, literally, we're out there putting our bodies on the street. And they still have the nerve to vote yes on confirming some of these people. Looking at you, Diane Feinstein. Looking, Looking at, you. at you, Claire McCaskill. We used Ugh. to be podcast friends. You know, and it's like in some sense, like I get where they're coming from, right? Like it's their job. There has to be decorum, like blah, blah, blah. But, and also like, I get it. It's like the reasons that Republicans get away with this shit is because they don't believe that government works. The reasons that it's hard for Democrats is because we fundamentally believe that government should work for people. That said- right shut the whole thing down. There are no political consequences for shutting down the government as we have seen before. And I just like cannot believe how weak some of these people are. I mean, if they approve Trump's Supreme Court nominee, I am honestly going to show up and scream at the top of my lungs for as many hours as I can possibly handle outside Dianne Feinstein's office in LA. Like that is a promise. If she votes to confirm, I am seriously going to like just stand there and make the most obnoxious noise I can make in person solo. Like that is one of those things where after Republicans refusal to confirm Obama's pick, you know, for well over a year. The Merrick Garland stolen seat. Yeah, exactly. That I think about once a day and fly into a rage. And I know. Just, I'm like, I'm like angry at Obama. I'm angry at Republic. I just like cannot believe it. I just, they're such liars and careerists. It's like, oh my God. At least like the one thing I respect about Trump is that he's just like nakedly, like unashamedly, like a bad person, you know? And these people all hide behind like fake principles. It's like, no, just say that you want to keep your job. But it's so frustrating to like call some of these offices and they're like, I don't know, the congresswoman or the senator is still thinking about it. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no. In and of itself, the like the senator is still thinking about it answer on confirming this Supreme Court nominee is one of those things that I I'm just like, I'm, I want to be like put on my condescending voice and be like, help me understand. <laughs> help me understand what you are actually still considering here. Because as far as I can tell, the president has already filed to run for reelection. P.S. That's happening. And therefore, if you want some sort of excuse about confirming a Supreme Court nominee while um, the president is a candidate or while an election is imminent, which is which was Republicans excuse for not confirming Obama's nominee. Maybe you should think about that. If you (laughs) want job security, don't run for office. Go work at a fucking law firm like you work for us when you like work in Congress. This is crazy. I'm going to be honest. It doesn't feel that way. Like I actually don't. I mean, Kamala Harris is doing a great job. Love her. But it is really hard for me at this point in time to think about 
government and all representatives as my employees as a citizen. Like, I really, like, I know that's true. I know, but that's how it should be. All of the ones who don't do what we need them to do, we should primary them. I just keep looking at the list of, like, who voted yes on Ben Carson and DeVos and, like, all of these people. And I'm like, these people are unqualified. You are literally telling me that it's okay for an unqualified person to head HUD or head education because you need a job in like 2018 and also decorum. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. If you really care about government, you'll block someone totally incompetent from running a very important agency. It's crazy. It's so, it's like the whole thing is nuts and they're also like cordial to each other and like palling around. And I'm like, no, like people's actual real lives depend on this. Like people live and die by the fact that like you are chummy with Jeff Sessions. That's what happens. And P.S., if you want to keep track of how your members of Congress are voting on all of this stuff, 538 has a nice tool that they built and ProPublica also tracks this stuff in a pretty user-friendly way and we can link to those sources. I know. Now I'm just eating pita bread and like calming down. You're like, <laughs> Emotion- you're like, emotional you're like rage- hypoglycemia. <laughs> rage eating some pita. pita. <laughs> emotional hypoglycemia, I think, is a real condition. <laughs> Tell me something else that's not politically related at all. Uh, okay, it's sort of political, but actually it's a domestic spy story that has gotten no press. <laughs> it has gotten no press. And like, I know there has been a lot of talk about the role that women are playing in the resistance against this presidency. And obviously, like that is true. But the Washington Post had a story this week about a total unsung hero, unnamed lady spy who went undercover at, to an event for... Oh my GOP. God, at the GOP retreat in Philadelphia. Totally posed as the wife of a Republican, um, which don't even, I know, I know. And like, and like basically went in like with a mic on, recorded all of these private conversations and sent them, I think to directly to the post afterward anonymously by email. This is hilarious. And of course, all of these Republicans are like all incensed. You know, they feel so violated. They're very upset. Someone was like called, called her quote, like, could, this could have been a very dangerous person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I just love, I love thinking about, we have no idea who she is, but this is very creative guerrilla moves against this administration and their enablers. And Shout out to this woman who probably put on her best Republican wife gear and went and got it done on her own. I know. I hope she has like a selfie with Kellyanne Conway in a bathroom somewhere. Oh my God. I cannot wait for the Lifetime original movie about this story. I hope it gets made. I want to thank this anonymous patriot woman. (laughs) So good. But yes, way to plug the ladies of the resistance. Rebecca Traster wrote a great article about this, which made me happy because she name checked all of the women who are making the resistance possible. Yeah, women in the resistance and this lone wolf lady spy. Shout out to all of you. (laughs) This is so funny. It's also like, you know, she's probably like tactically, what can I do? And then it's like, what's the easiest thing I could do? (laughs) It's like, she's like like, one of their wives. 
I love, I love, okay, this is me totally extrapolating now, but I love picturing this woman as like, okay, what are the resources at my disposal? I have a really nice shoe collection and a sort of conservative, but like a few borderline sexy elements, like of a, of a business workwear sort of look. And I live near Philadelphia. I'm going to make this happen. Like, <laughs> like this is, this is my personal resistance. I'm not into making signs, but I can like play the part and go in with my iPhone and get it done. I know. May we all pose as GOP wives the next four years? I don't think that role is for me. It's not for everyone, but shout out to you if that's your skill set. I'm going to pose as Candy Carson everywhere I go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to get away with it. Oh my God. Yeah. Like maybe, wait, were you at the table during uh, the Cheetos Black History Month announcement? Was that you? Were you in that? W- that was me today. <laughs> I was all of them. <laughs> I was Omarosa. I was the crazy pastor who, oh my God, that round table was bananas. Like that one pastor who was like, all of the top thugs, like gang thugs in Chicago reached out to me and they want to sit down. And I was like, what? It's crazy. I, yeah. It's so crazy. It's so 10 days. Meanwhile, have you seen the Obama vacation photos? Oh my God. Backwards baseball hat. (laughs) Backward baseball hat. Hanging out with Richard Branson. You know, honestly, like there was a small part of me that was angry where I was like, oh, you left with this mess. And then the other part was like, you know what? If Obama is out there relaxed enough that he can wear a backward baseball hat, that it's not the end of the world yet. Hmm. Or maybe he's just like, you know, when we were talking on a previous episode where I was like, I just want to know I did what I could. Maybe Obama's like, I did what I could. And like, even if it's, if it's, if it's terrible, I like, I gave it a good effort. I yeah. Don't he's like, y'all people don't deserve this. Yep. Sometimes I get really mad, but that man deserves a vacation. Totally. Agreed. Michelle was like, when they go low, we go high. Now I'm like, when they go low, we cut them at the fucking knees. <laughs> like you, you guys it's aren't true. here to lecture us anymore. <laughs> that was like a, that was a fun. I, I could be my worst self now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're off the clock. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, I don't have to have that Obama guilt about being an excellent person. I'm like, no, I want to be petty. For real, though, like, I'm sorry, I don't want to go high when it comes to confirming these, like, these nominations. Like, going high is not the answer. <laughs> That's, like, yeah, the bottom you know, line. it's also, like, here's the thing, right? It's, like, there were, like, kind of the good old days where you could just, like, very politely disagree with some of these people. And you'd be like, haha, school vouchers, I don't think so, great. <laughs> you know, or, like, whatever. But, like, now it's, like, the divide is too much. It's just, like, I'm, like, I don't, I don't know, man, like you people don't recognize the humanity of people I love. I don't know that there's like a middle ground here. Exactly. Well, and also, and this goes back to like him, like not doing it in a smart way. Like I do think that there is a way more nefarious way to say, install someone who is exclusively a proponent of charter schools and knows nothing about public education in that role. But like, they just have to fake the, the th- knowing things about public education part to get confirmed, which like Betsy DeVos can't even do. So you know what I mean? There's like limits to, um, there's limits to like how, how much you can screw this That's up true. And, and still have people not notice. Right. <laughs> Did you see how like her tweet about the inauguration got roasted? I was like, God bless the public school teachers. No, I didn't see it. What did she She tweeted? um, Congratulations to Donald Trump on his historical inauguration and swearing in. And all the Twitter teachers just like went in. They were like, first of all, it's historic. If you had gone to public school, you would know that. (laughs) Second of all, inauguration and swearing in are redundant. 
red marker everywhere. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, all this lady has is a lot of money. She like can't spell. Also, she's like actually a bad person. She's like very dangerous. <sighs> yeah. Well, shout out to public school teachers. I'm okay, like, not making sense for four years and just being like, that lady's a bad person. (laughs) We're going to look back at this as the turning point when this went from a conversational podcast to just you and I both taking turns ranting. (laughs) I know. You know, but the thing about these, like, nominations also that, like, makes me lol so hard is that, yeah, it's like yesterday I was thinking about Harriet Myers. Remember Harriet Myers? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I was like, poor incompetent Harriet Myers. All she had to do was wait like 16 years and she could have had this job. (laughs) She would have sailed through. Yeah. Tom Daschle, he like didn't get the HHS job because he took too many Uber rides. And then (laughs) now we have like actual like villains, like billionaire villains who lie to Congress about how much money they have and like all of the stock they forget to like report like those people are going to get in. Oh my God. Like this is not normal. (laughs) Is villainaire already a word? Because I think you may have just inadvertently. Oh my God. (laughs) Villainaires. These villainaire nominees. (laughs) It's like the minute somebody who is in government is like, actually, I'm not taking a salary. I'm just going to take $1. Those are all of the people you should be fucking worried about. Because the money is how we keep them accountable. If they don't need the money, they get to do whatever the fuck they want. Case in point, our president. Uh, yeah. Our president made a killing off of the campaign, though. He just like kept paying all of his businesses. Trump ice, Trump planes, Trump ties. I'm just like, this is... What a great grift. Uh and then, um, did you see Ivanka's dress this weekend, though? <laughs> the baked potato? Oh, my God. Out here dressed like a Chipotle rapper. What? <laughs> uh, it's the little things, really. I, I take pleasure in the little things now. <laughs> it is. But the thing about this that's really funny is that, like, her and Jared are obviously, like, planting stories in Vanity Fair to see, like, how people like them. Because you know the like Shabbat theory of the Shabbat, the Shabbat theory of all of the Trump disasters, right? No. Is that they wait until it's Shabbat when Jared has to go because like they're (laughs) very devout. And then the minute Jared clocks in and like can't look at a computer, can't like get in a car, the other people in the White House go world destruction 2.0, like start the clock again. And here I thought they were just trying to ruin our Saturday. Yeah, they're trying to ruin Jared Saturday, too. (laughs) And so, but the best part of all of this is how, you know, she's just like, we didn't know we were all at Shabos. And then, like, we come out, like, with my dress. And I'm like, we see what you're doing. I'm from the Kardashian school of PR communications in crisis. Nope. I hope this whole thing ends with all of you in jail, including Javanka. (laughs) Uh, those two are bad people too that's my new podcast bad people Mm. (laughs) where i just i just read a list of names like baseless accusations cheeto watch usually segues into bad people tm (laughs) that's like (sighs) that's our that's i think our new mode of operating everybody is a bad person Remember when this podcast used to be about menstruation? 
wait what oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's how that's how we started a long time ago before before the revolution it was not exclusively about menstruation but yes we did but talk heavy about it heavy more. slants <laughs> yes a heavy flow of menstruation news. <laughs> it's like the Beyonce thing reminded me of Children of Men. I'm just like, we're all so excited about this because it just feels like nobody's had a baby in forever. <laughs> yeah, clean. That's how I it. feel about the yeah, that's how I feel about the menstruation news. I'm like, nobody's bleeding anymore. Okay, I'm gonna hit you with some menstruation news. I did a Google news search for menstruation because I was like, it's been a while. It was it's like checking in on an old friend. Menstruation news. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hit you with some news from Zambia. <laughs> Zambia, she's still around. She is still around. There's a woman there who uh, wants to make it a law that women get one day off of work each month when they have their period. Amen. However, a few issues. <laughs> this this news, news article explains it as a law, quote, discreetly called Mother's Day law. <laughs> I don't understand what periods have to do with mothers. Well, I mean, like, I suppose in theory that, like, you are, like, shedding a uterine lining where you may have grown a baby if you weren't having a period at uh, that point. Zambia, call us. This is bad. I know, right? I mean, the branding is bad, but I support this. I know, right? That's like, that. that is exactly how I feel about it when I read it. Of course, there are all of these like men being like, oh, but women abuse the law. Like they don't really need it. I would 100% abuse the period law by like never getting a period and still taking a day off. Yeah, I also feel like if you're not getting a period, it's because you are doing something else to sort of maintain your cycle. Typically, like if you if you are a woman who would otherwise be menstruating and you're not getting a period. So I'm like, take a day off to like organize your contraception prescription or like (laughs) or like do whatever, do whatever you need to do. I think it's fine as like a like this is just like a subsidy for people who have periods. Yeah. When I'm king, you get three days off great i can't wait anyway but of course like you know the uh the the takeaway is like a lot of women are like oh i don't take it off like i would never take it off i don't need to and i'm like you know it is true that like this is sort of early in the feminist revolution to be proposing this because it's like then it's like it's like we need i in the future when this is not politicized and everyone can take a day no matter what without it being a thing like that's what i'm looking forward to it's like this is just a little early breaking i'll take it I know, I know. You're on the cutting edge, though, you know. (laughs) I'm like, I want feminist reparations. I want three days off, and I want $1,000 every month. Thank you. 100%. Um, So anyway, yeah, there's a callback to when this podcast used to be not about the Cheeto. I know. What else did we used to talk about that we don't talk about anymore? Work. (laughs) Um, Well, we're too blessed to be stressed so now i'm gonna be talking about work (laughs) (laughs) i know right like our paying job separate from like our resistance work (laughs) you mean (laughs) listen i heard we were all getting paid to protest though that's what i heard oh my god when i was leaving the protest at lax some very grumpy i would say 60 something year old white man in a minivan was screaming out his window about how we were unaware that we had all been paid by the communist party to be there and i was like Trust what me, the co- i'm not the getting paid by the party. communists i'm getting paid by george soros i mean i think that's, that's what, what it meant. says on my checks <laughs> <laughs> on my protest checks 
I was like, I, I seriously, I was like, sir, do you know where I can get my check? I didn't get mine. Where do I go? <laughs> sir, sir, where do you have more also, information? The idea that communists would pay you for anything. How I know. ridiculous. I know. I just like, I like the idea though. It was so funny. It was like the stream of like, you know, dozens of protesters leaving and this dude, like one man in a minivan raging against the flow. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> you are this the This is past. such a popular like talking point though on the right. It always makes me laugh because I'm like, so what if they're paid protesters, they're still showing up. Like what's the, uh, like, I don't understand what the accusation or their charge is supposed to mean. Totally. The Soros conspiracy theories are really good, though. If you ever have a day to just give to that, mm, enjoy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's those appear on a different platform other than Medium, but they are still available yeah. online. He's a great. He's a great villainaire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, it's like one of the articles that I was reading was like the protesters, aka us. We get paid thirty five hundred dollars to go protest. OMG, that would be so great. And I was like, literally, where do I sign up for these Soros protests? You guys are crazy. Can you imagine $3,500 to protest every Saturday? Imagine what that would do for turnout. You think it's good now. Just wait. (laughs) Just you wait. I'm like... You like you don't even know what my life is going to look like. People quitting their jobs to show up and protest. Left and right. I'm like, I don't need to do this podcast. It's true. I don't need my many jobs. (laughs) We'll speak to you directly in the streets while we're collecting our Soros welfare. See ya. Oh, my God. When that Soros direct deposit hits. (laughs) Cha-ching. We need predictions. What's the next thing that you think will break before we record this podcast again? Um, An anti-LGBT executive order. Ah, that's good. That's good. What do you think will break? I didn't mean that cheerfully. Sorry, it sounded like I was cheerful <laughs> about that. It was more just like so it was like yeah. <laughs> it was more like no. I have an answer for this. I have. I've been thinking about what is the next terrible thing they could do. Um, but yeah, um, it's going to be around like the Supreme Court nominee. Okay, either like the Democrats are going to mount a filibuster against him, or they're going to chicken out, and the whole thing is like going to fall apart. My secret hope, though, is that Trump will say something bad about Beyonce and the Bayhive will just get him out of here. Every morning I wake up and I'm like, call Beyonce a piece of shit so the Bayhive can activate. Like, that's our only hope. You're praying for a Bay sex machina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my only announcement is please just go to callyourgirlfriend.com if you have questions about articles. Like, stop asking us. Yeah, stop asking us on Twitter because they're all there. (laughs) You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast or on iTunes where we would love it if you left us a review. You can tweet at us at callyrgf or email us callyrgf at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Look it up yourself. Don't leave us a message there on Instagram at callyrgf. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. This podcast is produced by the beautiful, smart, talented, incredibly sexy Gina Delvac. Gina! Gina! (laughs) I'm going to go finish eating my falafel. (laughs) Uh, All right. I'll see you Uh, on the internet.
All I have is falafel and Beyonce.